We've been talking a lot about love, relationships. We talked about friendships. We've talked about Sunday morning. We talked about family and the revelation of love that we talked on a couple of weeks ago. Dylan also followed up with, with that. And I believe God's taking us somewhere. And tonight, our title is One Together. Ken almost preached it in the prayer for the offering. I was like, okay, here we go. Ken's fixing to take, he's not telling a joke, but he's going to preach the message. I want to start off in Romans 12, if you'll turn there. If it's your first time to Bible study, we just, we hit it. We cover a lot of scripture. We go a little deeper than we can normally go on a Sunday morning. So we've kind of built up to this message. If you miss the other ones, you can always go online to the in-depth tab on the, the web page and, and find them. Romans 12, I'm just going to jump down to verse 4. I'm reading out of the NIV. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. If you're going to have a successful anything, fishing team, <laughs> uh, employment, work, church, home, this is the attitude we have to have. And, and this is... We're so independent. And we cut loose of each other so quickly because we don't truly see the value of each part because it's different than us. And, and I had to learn this growing up because... I don't know why my mother's laughing right there. I'm just going to move away from the microphone right now. I mean, from my mother. Uh, so she doesn't get the microphone. Just because someone's different than us doesn't mean they're wrong. And they may be wrong. But just because they're wrong doesn't mean that they're not a part of us. And in this cancel society... I don't agree with you, so I'm canceling you. We really have to watch as the body of Christ. We belong to all the others. Each member, everybody say, that's me. I'm the member. Each member belongs to all the others. I belong to you. I belong to you. You belong to me. We're one together. It, it, this is the beauty of the body of Christ. We can be individuals in our callings, our individuality, our personalities, our gifts, talents, abilities. We can be individual in that and yet be one together. And this is what he's comparing it to the body. My foot is nothing like my nose. I hope. 
They're, they're totally different. They do totally different things. And that's, that's what this verse is trying to tell us. You are one body. My body works together for the common good of my body. Yet, there is beauty of individuality. I'm not one big eyeball. I mean, just imagine if you were one big eyeball. Or if you were all eyeballs. There's no beauty in that. The beauty is in our different parts. And so we've got to come to the understanding to love all the parts. Each member belongs to one. That just, oh, that just kept going over and over in me. Each member belongs to all the others. Amplified Bible says it this way. They are mutually dependent on one another. All the parts are mutually dependent on one another. It, and I really wanted to do this, but I didn't want to freak anybody out, so I didn't. But I really wanted... I actually know where there's some mannequin parts. Um, and I really wanted to bring some and just have some scattered around the room tonight. But, you know, sometimes God gives us wisdom and we need to use it. But I wanted to show that, yes, the foot is the body. I mean, yes, you are the body. But the beauty is in the together of the body. Oh, you know, hey, you got nice hands. Well, that's great, but what good is that if it's not connected to the arm that's connected to the shoulder that's connected to the neck that's connected to the backbone that's connected to the head? You got all these parts? Yes, they are the body. But the beauty is in the connection of the body. The power, the ability is in the connection of the body. And I think sometimes we just lose that. When we're looking at each other. Verse 6 says, we have different gifts. Amplified says we have different faculties, different talents, different qualities. According to the grace given us. You know who decided your abilities, your talents? God. It was his grace. And so that should take jealousy out of the body of Christ. Because God chose to have Kayla have a beautiful voice. And we can despise that or we can enjoy that. I mean, I try to sing like her. But I'm not going to torture the rest of the body of Christ by me grabbing a microphone. We have to value what God chose to put in other people. And realize that it was his choosing. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, then let him do it in proportion to his faith. If, if your gift is serving, let you serve. If it's teaching, teach. If it's encouraging, encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's in leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's in showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Be devoted to one another. Honor. 
one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. Look, only the love of God can do this. The flesh will never do this. The flesh will never do this. The flesh only goes so far and then it's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm out of here. I'm separating myself from these other parts because they're not doing for me. I've done all this for them. I've car- My foot says, I have carried the rest of you. <laughs> all the weight of the rest of you is on me. But the love of God says, this is where God placed me. This is where God placed me. And I'm going to do it cheerfully. We have to remind ourselves of that. This word honor is a beautiful word. Uh, it means to place high value on honor each other place a high value appreciation on each other it's how you esteem each other and you know when you what determines the value of something what someone is willing to pay for it you know what Someone was willing to pay for you. Jesus Christ's blood. That ought to help me honor you as a brother in Christ. Every single person in this room is highly esteemed and highly valued because of what God was willing to do to have you. What Jesus was willing to do to pay for your redemption. For God to call you sons and daughters. That's how we have to choose, a lot of times, force our flesh to see each other. That's not always easy to do, but it's a truth, and we're either going to live by the word or we're not. Another interesting thing, this is just a side note because of the night that it is, a study night. When I looked up the Greek meaning of of honor of this word, the Greek word is teme, which is spelt T-I-M-E. I know Bridget, right? Bridget's giving me the eyebrow. True story. T-I-M-E. That's not how it's pronounced. It's not pronounced time. It's T-me. T-may. I'm sorry. It's T-may. I wrote it out phonically correct. T-E-E-M-A-Y is how you say it. But T-I-M-E. Honor each other above yourselves. Time's involved in that. I just thought that was interesting. Side note. We often quote uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, where it says, Now you are the body of Christ. And I'm guilty of it too. I'll, I'll say, you know, now you're the body of Christ. I'm the body of Christ. But how often do we go to the second part of the sentence? Now we are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. A part of it. I am the body of Christ, and I am a part of it. How many of us are a part? Are we being a part? Are we participating in the body of Christ? Are we just saying, yeah, I'm the body of Christ? Yeah, I'm the body of Christ. I'm a part of it. I am one together. 
with you making up the body of Christ. And I think in this independent world where we really don't want to mess with anybody else other than ourselves, we have to remind ourselves that we are, we are the body of Christ, but we are a part of it. We can't isolate ourselves from the rest of the body. We also don't need to separate ourselves from the head, which is Christ. Right? That's what the scripture tells us. He is the head of the church. Well, church just means ecclesia, and that just means a gathering, and, you know, better be careful. Don't separate yourself from the head of the church. You know, when Jesus wrote the letters through John in the book of Revelation to the seven churches, if the church was just individual Christians scattered throughout the earth, where did those letters go? No, a messenger took them to a church. Now, the church may have been in a house. It may have been under a barn. I don't know. But the point is, is where people were gathered and those letters were to be read. They were authored by Jesus in heaven, given to John while he was uh, on the island, and they were sent to the seven churches, the church at Ephesus, the church at Sardis. the church. I mean, we just go through this list of churches. And so... Being a part of Christ's body will involve being a part of each other. Don't don't let religion or people tell you any different. If we're going to be a part of the body of Christ, we will be a part of each other. And what a joy. What would I do without y'all? You're my friends. What a, it's, it's supposed to be beautiful. Sometimes we just get our feelings hurt and we quit esteeming people and we lose their value. They're valuable. As my mother used to say all the time, you are valuable and precious. Yeah, if you knew, you know. <laughs> Honor one another above yourselves. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Colossians 1.17, I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but I mentioned this, but I want to make sure I give you the scripture for it. There's only one way for all these parts to sync together. Sync. There's only one way for all of us to sync together. And that is if our instruction is coming from the head. It's the only way for Christians to get along, function together, and operate one together. It's, it's, it's the only way. Love has to be that, I like to call it the blood of the body of Christ. Is the love that connects us all. And we can't go independently uh, we've got to get our direction from the head. But Colossians 1.17 says, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. Yeah. 
Jesus is the head of the body of church. When the body gets dysfunctional is when a part goes rogue. It's when your, your brain tells your body to do something and your body, one, your, one of your body parts says, no. Autoimmune disease. It's the body fighting itself. There's a lot of autoimmune disease in the body of Christ where the body is fighting itself. Who does that hurt? Who does it hurt? It hurts the whole body. And I'm telling you, we are the body of... So who does it hurt? Christ. How does it hurt Christ? It keeps him from being able to do what he desires to do in the earth. When the body is fighting itself. When the head is sending direction to the body, honor one another. And one part of the body, I can do this because Sharon loves me and I love Sharon. And one part of the body says, I don't really like you. I'm not going to do that for you because quite frankly I don't like you. That's, that's the body part saying, disconnect, disconnecting. And so we've got, if we're going to work together in sync as the body of Christ, we've got to listen to the head and we've got to do what the head says and we've got to make him final authority and quit fighting ourselves. Because really, when we fight each other, we're, we're fighting ourselves. We're fighting ourselves. We were put together. All the individual parts were put together. The scripture says to build up the body of Christ. Not to fight against it. We're supposed to build each other up. I thought today about how the scripture says that we're supposed to spur one another on uh, to good works. And I thought, you know, coming from a cowboy family, spurs are worn for different reasons. Um, my dad might wear spurs when he was roping uh, to get the horse to go faster to get something accomplished. But a rough stock rider wears spurs just to get something to buck. And it, the parts of the body can stir each other up towards good works or they can stir each other up in strife. And so if we value Christ then we'll value all the parts of his body, no matter what that is. And let me, let me get on a soapbox for a minute. Please do not post negative comments or statements on social media against God's church. I'm not talking about RCC. I see a lot of, lot of negative, I mean, I know they're making a point, like if the Apostle Paul were writing a, church, writing a letter to the church today, he would have, you know, blah, blah, blah to say. Jesus is the one seen in the book of Revelation 
walking amongst the seven golden candlesticks, which were the churches. He made that plain. That was the churches. And he is the one that from heaven wrote the letter to correct the church. He did it. You know why? Because the church is his bride, and you don't correct another man's bride. And you don't criticize another man's bride. And the church is the bride of Christ. The the apostles made it plain, I'm giving you to, Jesus said, there's one bride. And that's his church. And so when we, as the church, criticize and use the word church negatively, how does that make sense? How does that even make sense? We're talking about the, the, the organized people who have God's heart. Well, we don't agree. The parts are different. The assignments are different. And even if our other parts are wrong, do we not correct and get braces for them or, or get the great physician in on it to, to take care of things? We don't just, we shouldn't criticize our own parts. We shouldn't criticize our own parts. We help where they're weak, we build them up. And, and, and if, they're go- if the world is going to see the church, the beautiful, powerful, I mean, go to Ephesians and read it. The glorious church that Jesus has taken time to wash and cleanse with his word. Who's going to cleanse the church? Not your social media page. Jesus will cleanse the church. Do we need to go read it? Y'all good. The washing of water by the word. That's how he corrects the church. And so I just want to throw that out there because that, that little meme is everywhere right now. I've seen it several times about, you know, if one of the apostles was writing to the church. This is, well, first of all, if an apostle wrote something, it's called God told him to. And I'm probably thinking God didn't tell you to put that page up. Okay, just a note, if we want the sinner or the person who's hurting to come into the hospital of the church to be helped, why would we be given bad advertisement about the one place they can come and be loved and be helped? With that, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'll get off that. We're supposed to be building each other up. This is going to kind of sound repetitive to some of the things we've read, and even in 1 Corinthians 11, a lot of this is just restated, but for time... And pizza. Uh, <laughs> I just put a few in here. First Corinthians 12. I'm going to go down and start in verse 12. I'm reading out of the NIV. The body is a unit. 
Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. Together, they are one. Okay? Not apart, they are one. Together, they are one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether we were Jews or Greeks. There's differences, y'all. There's, there's a gazillion stories right here in this room. And differences in this room, yet here we are. Why? Because we love our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So whether you're Jew or Greek, whether you're slave or free, no matter what your background is, we were all given the one spirit to drink. We were all born into one body. We were all born into God's family. And we're all different. We're siblings. Have you ever had a sibling that was just the same? Not even twins are exactly the same. They're pretty close, but I married an identical twin, as an identical twin brother, but they're still different. And so, we're, but we're born by one spirit. Now the body, verse 14, is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I don't belong to the body. This is, once again, jealousies in the in the body of Christ. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. Look, you can't cut yourself off from the body. You can't cut yourself off from the body. Verse 16, And if the ear should say, Because I'm not the eye, I don't belong to the body. Where would the sense of hearing be? Did I, get, did I skip something? If the whole, yeah, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body. You are where you are in the body because it's where God wanted you in the body. What he placed in you, you need to be using for the benefit of the body. And what your neighbor is is blessed with and what they're called to do in the kingdom of God, you need to honor and esteem and value it. Not be jealous of it. For God arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I think the word one is kind of repetitive here, maybe... Maybe we're getting that. Verse 21 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Oh. You ever had a I don't need you attitude? I'm kind of like, I heard Jeremy, Jeremy Pearson say this when he was teaching on this subject. It's been, I think it was this year. Seems like it was this year. Time flies. And he said, you know, when you go to getting rid of body parts, you need to think real serious about it. You know, you go to the doctor and he says, well, let's take out your appendix or let's take out this or let's take out that. And we get to thinking that those body parts aren't necessary. They were put in there for a reason. And sometimes we do that in the body of Christ. Now, granted, if you need to get it out to live, do it. But you need to think real serious before you go to sloughing off 
parts of the body. And we need to think about that in the body of Christ. We need to put a little effort forth to esteem and honor. And that's something that we're learning, right, in our love walk. The eye cannot say, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable, you think you're weaker and, and indispensable in the, in the body? And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor? I'm sorry, the ones that are weaker are indispensable. Well, I'm just a new Christian. You're indispensable. Well, I don't know much about the Word of God. You are indispensable. Why? Because you are a part of the body. Everybody uses this example because it's the best example. Your little toe is important. Without it, your whole body has to learn to rebalance. And if you hit it and you hit the corner of that baseboard, the coffee table, the bed frame, what do you do? Everything in this body goes to that little toe. You're jumping, you're hopping, you're grabbing. Hopefully you're not cussing. And you're saying, come Lord Jesus. I mean, take me up. This is pain. What if in the body of Christ we valued that person so much that when they were hurting, everything in the body of Christ rushes to the aid of that person. I've had it happen. I've had it happen. I've seen the body of Christ come to my rescue. And, and it, this is the value of the body of Christ. This is the value of church family. And John will tell you, when we have people come in off the street, and they have burnt every bridge. They can't call their mama to help them get gas. And we say, where do you go to church? Well, I don't go to church. We talk about the value of church family to them. It's not just about coming to church for a religious reason. You become a part together. And then when you hurt, people come to your aid. You're not going and begging for a stranger to put gas in your tank. This is the beauty of the body of Christ. It needs to be valued. And the parts, verse 23, the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there would be no division in the body so that there would be no division in the body that's our goal that there be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other not everybody's going to be my best friend that comes and goes from my house freely has a key to my house 
But that doesn't mean that I can't be just as concerned for you and value you and esteem what God has placed in you equally. So don't get jealous of friendships. Don't get jealous of friendships. We've been through the whole friendship series, right? Have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Isn't that the truth? And that's why we should rejoice with each other. We should also suffer with each other. It says for us to weep with those who weep. And rejoice with those who rejoice. Because that's how connected we are. What you feel, I feel because you're a part of me and I'm a part of you. That's beautiful. That's powerful. Now, we talked about this earlier, you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. You are a part of it. You're either a functioning part of it or you're not a functioning part of it, but you are a part of it. If you're born again, you accepted Jesus as Lord, you're part of his body and you are a part of it. You're either a hindering part of it or a contributing part of it. And it doesn't take a whole lot to contribute. If you'll just honor and esteem people, that's a huge part of contributing. You don't have to stand behind a pulpit with a microphone, even though I've been after this crew over here some for testimonies. Um, I won't look. They're going to be giving their testimonies the last Sunday of December. They will have the service of Saving Grace Ladies, so we're excited about that. We need to be body conscious. Body of Christ conscious. We're just like, what? We need to be body conscious, body of Christ conscious. Be aware of each other so that we can esteem each other and appreciate each other. People who lack commitment to the things of God, people who lack commitment to church, to ministry, to each other, don't realize their value to the body of Christ. This is what I hear people say, especially since COVID when, you know, churches all over the country were shut down. Um, this is what I would hear. I don't need church. Church is, not, church is not a building. I don't need church. I can stay at home and have church. I, can, I have church on the lake. I have church in the woods. I have church at home. No, you don't. And you may not need church. But that person, that one person that needs your story, that needs the gifts, the talents, and the things that God placed on the inside of you, needs you. They need you. And so be careful when you say, I don't need, because... That's when we're wanting to be a, that's when we're wanting to be the body of Christ, but not being a part of it. A part of it. 
takes participation. And people need you. And I know that you can do that out on the streets and at Walmart or where you work or whatever. But I'm telling you, the church needs family members who are aware of their situations, who are aware of what they're going through with their children, who are aware of what they're going through in their bodies uh, with sickness and disease, who are aware of what they're going through in their marriages, not for the sake of pointing out that part, but for the sake of sending what the body has to the aid of that person. And it won't happen when you're sitting at home. My dad used to say this, used to crack me up. If, you don't, if you're not regular and you're not committed in, in church, if you die, call me because I won't know. <laughs> I mean, did you hear that so-and-so died? No. I mean, seriously, we wouldn't know. We hadn't seen you in nine months. We didn't know you were sick. Well, how come you didn't call me? Well, we... We didn't know. And so my dad would say, well, if you die, call me, because otherwise I won't know. And it, he could get away with it. I don't know how, but he could, it's just his charm. He could get away with it, but it's true. Who would criticize Jesus' feet? Who would look at Jesus' hands and say, man, you have some gnarly hands. Who, who would look at Jesus' nose and say, that's a Jewish nose you got there. I mean, it almost hurts me to say that. You know why? Because we love him. But if I love him, I've got to work on not criticizing you because you are his feet. His hands, his nose, his ears, his eyes, his body. And, and it's something, it's a work in progress, I'll just tell you. It's a work in progress because it's just so easy to see flaws. So easy to see flaws in other people. I heard this scripture earlier in the week and I thought, you know what, this fits here. In Mark 9, Jesus was, I mean, the disciples came to Jesus. It was John, and uh, verse 38, and he said, Teacher, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because, are you there yet? Sorry. Brett, I'm going to have to learn from you. Mark 9, verse 38. I'm sorry, verse 39. Jesus, we, we saw a guy driving out demons in your name. Stop him because he's not one of us. What's the guy doing? The guy is setting people free who have been demon-possessed. Verse 38, teacher, we saw a man driving out demons in your name and we told him to stop 
because he was not one of us. Now, we're one together. We can't be one apart. We're one together. And Jesus said, do not stop him. No one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Denominations, arguments, speak in tongues, don't speak in tongues, healing, don't believe in healing, uh, use musical instruments, don't use musical instruments. I mean, we could sit here and we could go on, have to wear pants, can't wear pants, got to wear dresses, cut hair, don't cut hair. Uh, women can preach, women can't preach. I mean, you can sit here and go through all of these differences that separate the body of Christ. But if they are not against us, well, let me rephrase that. If they're not against Jesus, they're for him. And if they're for Jesus, we're one, same team. And, and this is something that really that's beautiful that's working with staff, um, the ministry staff, uh, me, John, and Dylan, is our connections with other ministries right now that don't believe a thing like we do. I had, one, I had lunch with one the other day who ordains yeah. transgenders. Do I agree? Nope. Does she love Jesus? Yeah. Everybody's a work in progress. And there's probably a lot of areas that I need corrected on. I know there's, there's, there is a lot of areas I need corrected on. But if they are preaching Jesus, that's got to be my main focus. Everything else we can work out in the wash. Jesus will do the washing. It's his church. He's the one walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He's the one writing letters from heaven to the churches. And it's his word that cleanses the bride i got to stay focused, not get distracted with what this part's doing wrong in my eyes or that part's doing wrong in my eyes. Listen to the head, not your head. Jesus. Amen.